Hello, this is Full Manga Librarians. We're your friendly intermediate teen librarians, Kelly and Carrie from the Akron Summit County Public Library. And we're here today to talk all about manga. Every other week, we'll suggest manga you may want to read. And all of the manga we mentioned will be available to order through the library, either physically or digitally. We'll go over what the manga is about, connect it to other media outside of the manga realm, and offer other important details, such as suggested age level or content awareness. We will do our best to avoid spoilers, but some may squeak by. We apologize in advance for mispronunciations. Okay, Miss Kelly, as always, I have a question for you. Some of the characters in this episode's manga have special abilities or powers that make them stand out which sometimes frighten those around them. So what kind of ability would make you wary or afraid of someone else? Oh my goodness. Um, I feel like there are so many, because if you have magical power, like if I'm thinking, oh, it's real life, and I don't have magical powers, and this person does. Oh, I... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, But I feel like um, my first thought was basically if someone had the ability to control pain and like I know that's just so I don't know weird to think about but I've definitely seen stories before read stories before where basically there's the healer character and they go rogue and they instead of healing someone they they like turn their pain up to like 11 out of 10 and I'm like yeah that would be kind of scary for me um, that or yeah, that would be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that or something where like they could read my mind. I yeah, that's that's, that what I would, that's oh, what I would say. Oh yeah, yeah. Expand on that. Yeah. Oh well, there would be nothing private. I mean, and you can't control your thoughts most of the time. So how many times do you do we think something immediately of somebody just when we see them, and then we think, oh my gosh, like what am I? That's wrong. Like, I shouldn't think that or that's just like a, you know, this automatic reaction because of like how we grew up or whatever kind of conditioning that we've had, even though we know it's wrong. We know that's not like the right response to somebody. Um, And we would never say it out loud because we wouldn't want to hurt anybody. And and we know better. But we have these like just it's just in our brains, you know, um, that we often have to work against. We have to fight against that. Whatever those like, uh, you know, inherent kind of prejudices or just beliefs or just knee jerk responses just to how somebody looks or whatever. And you you couldn't hide that from somebody like that. So either they would be, you know, upset with you or they could use that against you. They could tell people what you're thinking, but then other people wouldn't be able to hide it either. So every we'd all be in trouble unless the person (laughs) could do the mind reading was respectful of that and only like used it or expose that when it could really like help somebody. Oh yeah. And I feel like if you were reading people's minds, well, first off, are you able to control it? Because if you're not able to control mm-hmm. it, that's another can of worms. I feel like that, that person crazy. might go in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm but... thinking like, like Psyche K. Have you seen Psyche K? No. Like he, like he can't, like it's just all in his head at once. So you're hearing all of these thoughts at once. There, there are I think, a lot of other stories where like they can't, there's just too much going on in their head. Cause you know, it's enough with what's going on in my head. I can't even imagine like not having any control over hearing everybody else's thoughts at once. Cause right. that would just be a big jumble in your head. How could you even like filter who is thinking what? 
Right. Exactly. I mean, I've definitely had those thoughts before, like when I was a teenager or like a child, every so often I'd let my mind wander and I'm like, what if that person actually knows what I'm thinking about right now? (laughs) (laughs) And then I'd like, I'd sometimes think like to test, to test them like, oh, I know your favorite cutler is green or like, look at me if you can read my mind or something. And I don't know, I'd freak (laughs) myself out. (laughs) 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 but yeah that would be a that would be a pretty frightening one yeah definitely so um what do you have today for us miss carrie okay i have 86 um Mm. yeah and i'm just like i'm not gonna cry when i talk about this but that's that's (laughs) it's gonna happen i know it's gonna happen so um, the Republic of San Magnolia has been at war with an army of autonomous weapons called Legion, set into action by the Empire of Jihad. Now, citizens of San Magnolia are assured that they are in no danger because their country is defended by their own unmanned weapons, juggernauts, which will keep them safe with no casualties to bear on their consciences. This is a horrific lie. Mixed-race teenagers deemed the 86 pilot these weapons, but because they are not of the pure dominant Alba race of San Magnolia, they've been scapegoated, imprisoned, and forced to protect the Alba until they are killed in battle. There are 85 sectors in the country, so these children have been called the 86, as if they are non-existent. Without them, however, San Magnolia will fall. Lena Malise, a major in the San Magnolia army, speaks out against the practice of forcing these children into service. And when she's assigned to be the handler of the spearhead squadron, the emotional bonds she forges with the members of this team presses her into a more active role in saving the 86. An attitude not shared by other handlers that offers the spearhead members hope even as they die in battle, one by one. Hmm. Now, I knew I would love 86 because I'm crazy about military science fiction, Um, but I didn't know how much it would hurt me. The anime trailer drew me in, and before I knew it, I was absorbed in the light novels and manga as well, now both of which we have here in the library. Yes, this is a war story, but like so many war stories, it's about those who stand to lose the most, and always do. The Spearhead Squadron are a group of tough kids who have already suffered the loss of the majority of their group by the time Lena becomes involved, and she discovers very quickly that their previous handlers have been abusive and neglectful. So her attempts to forge relationships with them are rebuked, often rudely. Over time, they learn to trust her, but they also believe she can do nothing to help them in such a broken, racist system. Um, We primarily focus on manga in the podcast, but for 86, it's really the light novels that shine. The writing, especially the characterization, draws readers in, and the pacing, which is a balance between battle action and character and relationship development, keeps the story going, with just enough information to leave you wanting more. There are darker revelations and painful losses, as well as an almost supernatural element that allows the spearhead leader, Shin, AKA the Undertaker, to hear the enemy in the distance, as well as the voices of Dead 86. These phenomena aren't truly paranormal, but rather a science fiction development, but it feels otherworldly and is the cause of so much emotional trauma for readers as well as the characters. I have to recommend this story for readers 16 and older as the violence and darker themes can be very disturbing. The manga is highly detailed and these emotions are captured well on the page. So I can definitely recommend it along with the light novels. 
If you're a fan of Darling and the Franks, um, 86 is a must read, although 86 does not have the fan service some Darlie Fra fans prefer. Um, the premise of 86 has a lot in common with Darlie Fra. Um, novels that would appeal to readers interested in the idea of children and teenagers pressed into fighting a war controlled by adults won't want to miss Iron Widow, which features battle mechas co-piloted by young couples in a misogynistic practice that always results in the death of the girl until Zetian, motivated by revenge, offers herself in service. A classic science fiction saga where children are manipulated into doing the dirty work of the adults in a military environment. Um, Ender's Game is well worth revisiting for readers who find this dynamic intriguing and hopefully infuriating. Wow, and I didn't I didn't cry yet, so I'm really surprised. I was like, I'm just sticking to what I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna think about these kids. Yeah, this is one of those series where like as soon as um, I can get my hands on the next light novel. As everything else in the world stops. Like I will drop whatever I'm reading, whatever I'm doing, and I will spend all night reading it. It's just that good. It's that addicting. Yes. And we get every light novel. Like we have a lot of light novel series here in the library. Um, and some of them we've kept up with a little more than others because it gets very expensive. Um, yeah. But this is one that's it's popular and we keep up with it. So if you want to start the plunge into 86, you need to be here because we have them all. So, so um, what do you think is the benefit of reading? I know we kind of touched on this before with light novels, but why is 86 the light novel? Um, why are you getting more out of it versus if you were to say, read the manga? Well, of course, when you have the light novel, it's just all words. So you have a lot mm -hmm. more depth and explanation. You don't have the benefit of the art. So, yeah. You know, the writing has to create those images in your head. Um, and all of those, de those details are there, but there's a lot of action too. So it's not something where you have pages and pages of description of like, true. Uh, or, or pages and pages of these long conversations that go nowhere. Um, and it always leaves you wanting more because there, there are so many relationships that you become invested in so quickly and you just feel so tied to these kids. You want them to live. You want them to feel better about themselves and, and have a life outside of this, you know, yes. this military service. But there, this is what life in the world is now. It's, it's just military. So, I mean, they, it's all def this defense against the Legion because the Legion are out of control. Um, so, you know, when they start having these little, these, these other relationships in there and thinking about growing up, I mean, they're like older teenagers, but they think about, wow, I might grow up. I might be able to have a life after, you know, after we, we win, if we win, if we live. And it's just so sad because they're just kids, you know, and then there's little romances and, and people die. There are characters that die. So it's one of those where, you know, sometimes you read something and you think, oh, it's it's rough and people are going to get hurt or people are going to die, but they're not really going to die. You know, the author wouldn't do that to us. Yeah, yeah, this this author does. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Well, yeah. Wait, so are there just kind of like in Naruto and like My Hero, are there like are you following um, uh, like three main characters or is it or do they bounce around with how many teens they follow? 
Well, the focus is from the beginning has been the survivors of the spearhead squadron, which Shin leads, and not all of them survive um, mm. at the beginning, you know, and you get close to some of them, not, not all of them survive. And of course they're very close. So even way down the line, they're still thinking of their dead comrades. And of course, Shin can hear the voices of dead 86 on the battlefield. A lot of the relationships are complicated by factors that they find out much later. Like the last volume that came out, like, I think it was November. There was a twist at the, at the very, very end, this cliffhanger. And I was like, what, what, like, really did that just happen? Like, is that person like, actually, is this really what's happening? So the author just really has a way of bringing things and just throwing them at you like, oh, and you thought that it, it was bad now. Well, here's this, here's this. And like, it just couldn't oh get God. worse. Well, it just got, I'm like, how is that even going to, and, I, and of course I end it thinking, oh man, in the next volume, like this character is going to be even more devastated when they find out about <laughs> this. So like, like these kids aren't devastated enough. They're, I mean, you feel like they're kind of numb at one point and then they start, you know, getting some more support and maybe they're they're opening up a little bit and then something more devastating happens so they just can't catch a break and there's a romance oh the romance oh my gosh i feel like I just, i'd be worried about the romance though because i'm yes, like will will yes. someone die like what's going on this is so dark i don't know if i should feel attached and then i'll get attached and it's awful yeah and- that's that's the thing too because they're like you know how how close can we get and is it worth it and the, you know is it worth it to have this now when we can, even if we would, we might lose each other later in one way or another, but yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely a romance. So if you're looking for some of that too, if you're like, yeah, it sounds good, but I do like a little romance with my science fiction. Oh yeah. And you can, and there's the fans are crazy about this couple. So like when we, when I go online and look, you know, Go on Twitter and look at the hashtags. People are losing it over this specific couple and making, you know, these guesses or there's, you know, stories that they're writing about them, you know. So definitely fan fiction about this couple. Maybe not appropriate fan fiction. I'm like, I I can't read that, guys. No, I'm just going to stick to that. But it's it's nice to see that, that there are so many fans and so many people who are like rooting for this couple. And sometimes I feel like you read fan fiction and they place characters in like, I don't know, humble, comfortable uh, settings where they're like baking bread or something and just having a good time. It's like, hopefully that exists. (laughs) Well, yeah, there and there are points in this story when they do things like that, that just like they're just like regular kids. But yeah. they're not. But they are. They are. Just let them hang out and like watch music <laughs> and porn or, you know, just act like kids. So there are some of those moments, but then they got to get, you know, back in the juggernauts and go kill some Legion and maybe die. And, oh my yeah. gosh. I know. It's, it's really, it's, it's what, it's very high up there as far as like favorites go for me. Okay. All right. Thank you. And well, Miss <laughs> Kelly, so what do you have? I'm very oh, interested in this because I've seen I've seen uh, the manga of this, the one that you're going to talk about. I've seen it go out a lot. Yes. It's been very popular and I'm very curious about it. So, yes, I've seen it go um out a lot here in Maine, so I felt like I had to give it a try. Um so I guess I'll just go ahead and jump into it. It's called uh Grinellier. 
So if seeds were imbued with magic, both great and small, how would that change the world? Our main character, Luca, survives by raising and selling rare species of seeds. Seeds with, you guessed it, magical abilities. An activity that is strictly forbidden without oversight from people called Grenellier. Years ago, Luca's father and a brilliant scientist loses himself to grief over the loss of his wife and Luca's mother. Ever since, he has locked himself in his room, claiming to work on a super secret project, probably something illegal. After years, this project and its secrecy catches up with him when the authorities knock on the door and insist that they are here to see Luca's father. Luca tries to warn his father, but when he does, his father quickly gives him seeds to swallow and implores him to trust him, begging Luca to run. Perhaps wanting to appease his father, perhaps making a split-second decision in the heat of a stressful moment, Luca swallows the seeds and escapes out his father's window, collapsing shortly thereafter in the woods. There, Luca's best friend Abel finds him and whisks him to safety, but something is wrong. When Luca wakes up, he realizes he doesn't feel quite right. He's been in a coma for years, too. It's been years. Years have passed. Strange, too. He isn't hungry and only requires water to live, and now even possesses an ability to encourage seeds to grow. Abel must hide him away, for if Luca is discovered, he may very well be terminated. So, the importance of friendship, a theme in many manga series, is a highlight of this particular one. Abel and Luca's relationship is one of mutual understanding and respect. They would do anything for one another, and this relationship is tested time and again as the series progresses, especially from a select few characters they meet along the way. The sheer love these two have for one another is definitely important and showcases just how sweet and pure you know, friendship and love can be. It's unfortunate that the series is on indefinite hiatus, but here's hoping we get to see it continue in the near future. So this manga would probably be perfect for those in 6th to 12th grade. Nothing truly, you know, awful happens or anything. There is some fantasy violence and quirky plant-like injuries, but but most of it isn't too scary, (laughs) I promise. The art is absolutely stunning and is a kind of style that is delicate and detailed and very much follows the early to mid-2000s art style, which makes sense because this was made back, like, kind of around that time. Of course, having, not only are the people gorgeously illustrated, but so are the backgrounds. To be honest, Grenellier reminds me of Full Metal Alchemist. From the artwork, hints of that style, to the storyline and its science meets fantasy vibe, I can't help but bring it up. Not to mention the very complex family dynamics that play out between Luca and his distant father. So similar. If you're looking for a YA book to read, however, check out This Poison Heart by Kaylin uh, Bayron. The story is about um, Brasis, a girl with the ability to grow plants from seeds to blossoms in seconds, much like Luca. It's perfect, too, in that Persis must learn to control her powers and is taken away to do just that. The place she resides now is dangerous and deadly, only to be used by a select few. So, Grenellier is one of those reads that you may want to pick up if looking for a book on friendship. Abel's and Luca's relationship is just wonderful. It, It really was so sweet. Like, I was so sad because at first I thought that maybe we just didn't have all of the volumes, but then come to realize that, um, unfortunately, like, like my other 
I really love the series called Dean Angel and it's been on yes, yes. hiatus forever. Yes. <laughs> I know, my gosh. And so it's like, well, there's hope there. We might get the rest of the series, but it's, you never know. So how many volumes are there? Um, the, let's see, four that were published. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it actually works out so that, well, it's funny because you get to a point where, um, the, of course, like every single volume leaves off on a cliffhanger. So, so FYI, please be, be warned <laughs> that that happens. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's scary though. When, when they go on hiatus, cause you don't, I mean, some of us have been waiting around for clamp to finish X for like literally decades. <gasps> Like yeah. decades, like, like well, I have a child who is younger than like the weight that I, the weight for X, but, um, you know, what can you do though? What can you do? You I know, mean, I, just, yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like we see this a lot too in, um, like video games as well. Like if you're looking at, I don't know, looking at Kingdom Hearts or Final Fantasy yeah, or something, yeah. it's like, wow. Yeah. Sometimes it's been like 10 years. <laughs> since yeah, the last Final Fantasy. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, that that quirky plant. What did you say? Oh my God. Violence? What, I don't even know what camera you said, but I was like, I don't think I've ever heard that phrase before in my life. So that in and of itself makes me want to read this. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> it's, um, it's interesting too, because after these people consume these seeds, the seed basically takes over their body. I mean, this sounds like a zombie like a zombie story, but it's not, I swear, because the plant, the plant isn't controlling them. They still have their mind. They still have their, you know, personality. Um, the seed though, kind of makes it so that they're almost like part plant. And so you get the whole question where Luca's wondering, Oh, am I still human? Um, you know, what am I, am I a monster? And so there's that going on as well. But what does that mean, though, when they're, they're part plant? I mean, do oh. they just, like, how does that affect, I mean, yeah. do they feel differently or do they, I mean, even if they can control how they act and everything, like, yeah, like, how does that work? Yeah, it basically, um, so they're stronger and then also they can turn, this is where, <laughs> this is where it gets kind of funky, but some of depending on your ability a lot of them can kind of like turn parts of their bodies into vines or plants or something um so that's that's different and then you also have like once you consume the seed depending on where you are in the stage you can like see under the skin and it's interesting it's it's very interesting how it's um displayed on the page and i'm really hoping like it would be great if it got anime i know it's on hiatus but if we could at least wrap up part of, part of the story and get an anime that'd be really cool to see as well i feel like that would be really popular just yeah. the idea of plant taking over would be yeah i think that would be a popular yeah, anime. yeah and they're it's really cool too because i think I think all of the plants that are mentioned, all of the seeds and everything are actual seeds that you can find, actual plants that you can find in our world. So you can go like eat these seeds and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I mean, encouraging anybody to do that. I don't know oh what that means. So don't I don't do want that. anybody to go out there and like eating seeds that would be toxic. Right. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. And then of course there's like the, like the, um, 
like Luca, his father is a scientist. And so his plant is probably not, but no, like, like his seed that he swallows is actually made by his father. So it probably doesn't exist. It's just like a really cool, you know, science lab type experiment thing. <laughs> yeah. That's like, like, how did somebody come up with this idea? It's very interesting. Yes. I'm definitely going to have to have a look. Now, remember, all of the manga we've discussed today are available here at the Akron Summit County Public Library. You can give us a call or check out our website at akronlibrary.org to find your copies. We'll have another episode for you in two weeks. This has been Full Manga Librarians, and we thank you for listening.